Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever. A podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them. With your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. Well, hey everyone. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Best Bad Movie Ever. Hi. The show about terrible films and the people who love them. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I am your other co-host, David Bell. And, and um, who the hell is this third person? I am here? Adam Todd Brown. This is true. From, this is I've verified. From the internet. The, let Dave and I's voices act as his blue check mark. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Verified. Um, Adam? Yes? What, mo- what, what movie have you brought? today to uh that, that 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 you're looking to defend i have brought the dane cook opus my best friend's girl mm. <laughs> i'm so bummed mm. out <laughs> why would you be bummed out at such a delightful rom-com <laughs> i'm so disappointed in you <laughs> i can say that getting to the end of this film like about there's at the end of this movie i was like okay i see why adam likes this movie <laughs> okay then it's going to have to be explained to me. Because <laughs> um, it's funny. Because there's a couple of pretty solid, solidly written jokes and two genuinely funny sequences in what is otherwise the most toxic film I've ever seen in my life. But it's supposed to be toxic. That's, is it? That doesn't, yeah. It, yeah. It is, but then also, like, Dane Cook is supposed to be deliberately toxic but they're still making him cool and irresistible and they also spoilers make him get the woman at the end which he a hundred percent shouldn't he should nobody should this, now this movie should end in a murder suicide this is exciting to me because we're we're doing this movie this week and next week we're doing valerian that's correct and uh, which i would argue guess who's defending that which i would argue is Equally misogynistic with no redeeming qualities. This movie, this movie is misogynistic because it's trying to say something about that. What is it's a little over the top in its depiction of that. But what is it saying? What is it saying? We'll get to it. It's a movie. It's a movie about embracing who you really are, as opposed to who people think you are. That's what this movie is about. That's in it. Sure. This should have at least ended with him not because that. All right, that's it the should thing, have ended like, with him going wait, wait, to jail. Wait, wait. Yeah, I get the <laughs> right. idea that he's supposed to be a toxic person. It's the fact that he, in the end, he's rewarded for making minimal effort to meet yeah. the standards that just society already has, and that's my problem with it. Is we're supposed to be like, oh, good for him. He's not a monster anymore. And it ends now he gets to date this this pretty woman who is forgiving him for horrible things, unspeakable things he does. And that's the problem is that it feels like it promotes a very toxic kind of relationship. And the idea that someone should be forgiven for making a minimal effort to not be a terrible human being. But he was doing all of that for her, you see. Uh-huh. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Adam. Why don't you go ahead and uh, why don't you just favor us all with a real brief uh, explanation of of just what the hell this movie is. This movie at its core is Dane Cook operating firmly within his wheelhouse, playing. Yes, that's true. The biggest trash person on the planet. So, of course, he he played the shit out of this role. And before I get into the the plot, 
and whatnot. I should tell people I have seen this movie, I'd estimate 35 to 50 times. Oh, my God. Because it came out. That that is truly unexpected. This is a dark day. (laughs) This This is. Here's why. It came out. Yeah. It came out in 2008, right around the time the video iPod came out. Mm. And at that time, if you wanted, like, stealing movies from the internet at that time was a very hit or miss proposition. To get for for one thing, to convert them to a format you could watch on an i on an iPod uh, mm-hmm. took a lot of work. And what would happen about fifty percent of the time is you would get ten minutes into the movie. And then the lip sync would just gradually start getting further and further off to the point where by the end of the movie, things people said like two and a half minutes ago were popping up. I remember up. that shit. It was yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Did, so, you, did you find that that helped or hurt the comedic timing in this film? <laughs> well, this is one of the movies I was able to download that actually worked. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So your, your affinity for this movie is based entirely on your ability to successfully <laughs> steal it. Well, is I mean, that, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to buy it like you did. <laughs> that was my only option. Luckily, it's only like $5. Right. You, can rent, it, you can rent yeah. it on YouTube. Oh, okay. It was like, it was like yeah, I, on Amazon, it was the only option was five for $4. And I was like, <laughs> I fucking, I guess I own my best friend's I girl think, now. I think the reason they did that was like, we're not going to let people rent it because then they'll never see it ever again. So mm-hmm. we might as well make them buy it for like slightly more. And then that could be. Yeah. But it, it was, I was working a shitty insurance job at the time, a desk job. And I would just all day while I was processing medical claims i would just have movies on on my ipod in that tiny fucking postage stamp size screen okay <laughs> yep in the corner of my desk and yeah. i had like i was like that's like an inch and a half by an inch and a half was the size of that screen right yeah. so when if you that. when you take that into account i've maybe seen the movie 10 times because it's been a lot of uh it was background noise yeah like four sure. four viewings equals one actual viewing or right something like that yeah but uh, I've seen it a ton of times. I know uh, I am friends with someone in the movie. That would be Jenny Mollen. She plays the new girl in the office and the girl that... The one they sexually harass. They sexually they harass everyone in this movie. Harass women in the workplace. Yeah, like in, like in Valerian. But they- We'll get to that. <laughs> That's 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 interesting. Uh, there's some interesting uh, uh, synergy there because I know somebody in Valerian. Ooh! <laughs> and let me tell you, it was a real shock when he popped up on screen. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Is it Ethan Hawke? It's not Ethan Hawke. <sighs> that happened to me last week watching Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh yeah. There's a scene. I was like, "Fucking hey, I know that guy." I think. And <laughs> I, turns out I do. But uh, yeah, Jenny Mollen. If you uh, read her first book, which you probably won't, she actually thanks me in the acknowledgement. Because the the way I met her, she was shopping around an article about buying Jason Biggs a prostitute for his birthday. Oh, God. And she took it to Hello Giggles first. And they were like, we can't publish this. Right. And someone at Hello Giggles referred her to me. I was working at a Playboy website at the time. And we published that article. And it was the biggest fucking article we ever ran. Oh, wow. And she... All of that checks out. Yeah. And Jenny Mollen, because she is... uh, an incredibly smart woman. Her one stipulation for writing for us and for everyone she wrote for was, I don't want you to pay me. I just want to own the rights to the work. So she wrote a bunch of fucking articles for a bunch of internet websites and then just compiled them into a book. 
and that's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. it was was pretty smart. And uh, I am thanked in the acknowledgments in that book. So nice. How about that? That's neat. Still didn't make this movie good. How about them <laughs> But this movie is about Dane Cook plays Tank Turner. He sure does. Yep. <laughs> in real Boy life and he. in this movie. Yeah. And Boy, does he ever. He is essentially a guy who, if you've just broken up with your girlfriend, he will find that girlfriend, go on a date with her. And just be the biggest asshole in the world in an effort to convince her that the guy she just broke up with is who she should have been with all along. Yes. This is the premise is has to exist in a world where women are extremely easy to manipulate. Like, right. Uh, women are goldfish in this universe. Yes. Um, to the point that Dane Cook is genuinely surprised when one acts slightly different than other women, which yeah. is uh, what, you know we'll get to but they are they are not humans in this (laughs) no i would argue that is the case with women and gay people in movies from eh, i think everything up until like 2012 i would say yeah a lot of this is what 2008 it's it's challenging to argue with 2008 it's a product of its time for sure (laughs) yes which a thousand percent is (laughs) I would I would argue that there were movies in like 2008. It's not the 70s. Like it's I know, but go back and watch any Kevin Smith movie. Like I used to tell people, Jay and Silent Bob was my favorite I, comedy. Wow! And I, I went back and watched it, and it turns out I just loved gay jokes. I was in the about early to say 2000s. gay <laughs> jokes for sure in the yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's a rough watch now. <laughs> I haven't watched yeah. it. I have fond memories of that movie and i'm not gonna go back and find well, back it. back to this film um i will I, i'll give the movie the, it's one of the it's the two sequences that i enjoyed are him sabotaging the dates i do think that the just that premise like in a vacuum the idea of somebody deliberately trying to be the worst date ever is funny right you yes. can do a lot with that i kept wondering why the woman didn't cut the date short or just mace him and leave because he's yeah. get, he's bordering on scary um bordering bordering well in the <laughs> dates like no he's insufferable in the dates but he's bordering on like this guy is actually no you're right he is scary because he's clearly like and he's playing a crazy person on these dates absolutely that's like from the point of view of someone who's just trying to go on these dates it's a horrifying yeah. thing right yeah it's not the the premise is not the most pure of heart that's for sure. Yeah. No, I, like like I said, I think just like it's it's that's a good like idea for like a sketch. Like somebody just or like just like on its own, like just as a, a joke bucket, like somebody trying to sabotage a date is kind of is, is funny to me. Um giving it the uh where where this movie immediately becomes a problem <laughs> is the fact that he's doing it to um emotionally manipulate these people into going back to the person they just broke up with regardless of you know it's like it's completely in invalidating whatever agency that person made in breaking up with that person so it's the one thing the one positive thing i can say about jason biggs's character in this film is that he uses the phrase emotional terrorism to refer <laughs> yeah. to what Dane Cook is but doing. The, the problem is he's not any better 
none well, of the terrible. other guys are better. And in, in fact, yeah, they're but, almost worse. But they, because they're like they, those guys are like they they feel like the like the incel type of creeps where they're like yeah, Jason Biggs is ten thousand percent an incel twerp in this film. Yeah, oh, yeah. The moment it was like, oh, Dane Cook is friends with Jason Biggs in this. Yeah, that checks out. This is a nightmare. Like that's that's the perfect nightmare. Well, that was the other thing. Like they had to make them cousins, I think, because like yeah. when you see when you see them to get like just that idea alone, I'm like these two guys would never hang out with each other at all. And then, but they're <laughs> not the movie, they're not the related by blood. They're not related by blood, but like he's like, oh, we we basically are related because they like he's they've been friends since they were kids or whatever right. whatever explanation he gives. Because like when you see like because they're they just play like the the purest distillation of what both of those guys are like dane cook is just the most dane cook in this film and jason biggs is just the most jason biggs so it's like oh these two guys have like nothing in common right (laughs) so when you see the couple of scenes of them sharing their apartment together i'm like how did these guys even become friends so they like had to give us that thing of where they're like oh they've been like they're like cousins i do think the movie I don't think it completely glorifies what Dane Cook and these other dudes were doing. There's the scene, like the the no, final it... wedding montage, which is amazing up until the sexual assault. Mm. But that, like, it's not like that scene ends. I mean, there's the Hollywood ending, obviously, where he and Kate Hudson yep. make up and get back together. That's the problem. It's it's. But what do you expect? I expect him to go to jail. That's the thing is that but if this, this is, movie has this is a 2008 rom com starring know, Dane Cook, but that's the th- <laughs> and that doesn't. I guess that doesn't excuse it because it's so extreme what they're what he's doing in it compared to other rom coms. What he's doing is so toxic that the only way for the movie to redeem itself was to say something about that fact and not just give it a cookie cutter Hollywood. Well, that's ending. because the movie, but the movie does say something about doesn't that. say enough. Like, it should have been, like, Fight Club for romantic comedies. Like, it should have gotten out of hand, and his life should have gone out of control, and it should have ended with... Well, he was homeless for a while. No, it needed to be worse than that. Like, it, was, <laughs> it needed to be that ending sequence when he sees her at the restaurant. She should have just told him to go fuck himself and leave. Like, that I would have liked. She should have shot him. Yeah. Like I said, this should have been a murder-suicide. Yeah. With I was thinking Jason Biggs. Um, like, it needed... Oh, for sure. It need the... The moral, and it would have been an interesting twist, which is just like the idea of because we've had so many of these, this character type, like the Peter Griffith type, where it's like, oh yeah, look how funny this 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 guy is, and he's just like very toxic and awful. Um, and and in the end, he's just completely forgiven for it. And it's like, no, we really shouldn't forgive someone for this. Mm. And that should have been the end. The end should have been no. Remember, that's your take this on this movie next monster. week. I will. I will remember the. I do. It's a real, real meta, meta episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the. I agree with Tom that a lot of those date sequences were really funny. I think. Well, Tom just said two, but I like most of them. I think they're funny, but I mean, maybe this is because it's two thousand eight. But I was looking up the jokes because I was like, oh, that I know that joke. I know that joke. Like, um, this this isn't this is just interesting because this is. I don't think anybody stole anything, but they make a Lawrence of Alabia joke, which is in Zack and Miri make a porno, which is out. It was out like within a month of this movie. So apparently in 2008, that was just a thing. Yeah. But there was so many jokes. Well, those are both. There's a big porn plot line running through both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's you just think of I mean, that that's parallel thinking. You just think yes. of funny. 
but, porn titles. It's th- probably in 40 Days and 40 Nights, yeah. too. For me, though, like the jokes, and again, maybe this is because it's an older movie, I, they didn't do much for me, I guess, which is why there wasn't much of a redeemable, any redeemable qualities for this. I wrote down that one joke was good, but I don't remember what the joke was now. Perfect. <laughs> I like That's how you can tell it was a good joke. Yeah. I like the opening date. I love the 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 gag they do with Pop That Pussy by Two Live Crew. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a good choice of a song for that. I love well, it's 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 a solid misdirect because he's like, I'm sorry, the stereo's broken, so you think that means it doesn't work. <laughs> and then it's like, no, it's playing Pop That Pussy at maximum volume. <laughs> and the way he delivers the line where he offers her the earplugs is one of Dane Cook's funniest moments when he goes, these are for your ears. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, that's just that's just 100% a Dane Cook delivery. Yeah. That's just Yeah. That's, that's just him. That's the thing. I've always, and I think I've said this on this podcast before when I've threatened to bring a Dane Cook movie to it. Dane Cook was a way better actor than he was a comedian. And that's saying a lot because Dane Cook is actually not a terrible comedian. At least his first couple albums are right. pretty fucking solid. Yeah, but I agree with that. Yeah, I actually always liked him way better as an actor. I thought he was great in Mr. Brooks. I was about to mention, I think if you had brought Mr. Brooks in, I would have been on board. Um, Mr. Brooks, cause... to me, feels like one of those movies that people over the years have kind of turned a, a little more positive toward. Because when it came out, it was at the height of Dane Cook being like having his vanilla ice moment mm-hmm. where he had his career had completely tanked in the span of about a year. Well, not his career, but public opinion. I think also, yeah, this is a different, almost a different subject, but I feel like streaming and like has made us forgive certain movies. Cause there's certain like Mr. Brooks is worth free, exactly free to me, you know? And if you see it for free, you're like, that was a good movie. Cause you didn't pay like 15 bucks and go out to the theater. Like there's just certain movies that are better if they're not asking as much from right. you. Yeah, this would definitely... All of Dane Cook's catalog would probably qualify for that. Uh, I liked him in Waiting a whole lot. That's not really I never a saw Waiting. Dane Cook movie. Waiting is good. Wait, waiting's pretty good. He's not He's not in it too much. You also have to put up with um, Andy Milanakis in that film. Oh, boy. The which thing is... That, that's a big ask. The reason <laughs> I never saw Waiting is because I found out the screenwriter lived in an area i lived and worked in one of the restaurants in that area and i was like and i had already like lived and eaten in that area and it was like oh that's a terrible sign oh yeah yikes yeah and it's just like i don't want to see that movie and know what no, you, maybe you really happened don't. in one of the kitchens of no the there's, there's a scene in that movie that's not unlike the turkey baster scene in don't breathe so it's yeah you wouldn't want to eat there mm. don't want to eat there um i thought lizzie kaplan was great in this movie she's not in it a bunch but I thought, she has no reason to be in this film. Well, she's the she's the friend. She's there to to get Kate Hudson to go on the go on the date. I think they needed like a creepy version, like a a, a creepy woman version, to so Jason Biggs could like at the end get someone to be creepy with him. The weird he you know, literally, he literally I, does. They he ends up with Lizzie. Gatlin I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. This is this is actually, a, and this isn't a criticism just of this movie because they do it with both her and they do it with Jason Biggs. Do does anybody give their friends porn 
or like like sex toys and talk about them them jerking it like that's that was in forty year old virgin like that idea that friends just like casually talk about like how's your masturbation going I never like, have oh uh, yeah I no, never met anybody never and it's in every comedy and but it's, it's I knew a dude in uh, South Dakota and I won't say his name because we're still friends and sure. I think he listens I think he listens to these podcasts but he told me once that when he was in college he and his friends would watch porn and then like have a contest to see who could get the biggest erection jesus and they would like each reach over and feel their erections and i was like you're just you're just just, flirting with each other that's not a game i think um i think it has a lot to do with living in south dakota I was gonna say could be could be I that <laughs> the 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 place that was that the writer of waiting was from I was going to school at the time there and I it's in Florida and in, and I hung out with like some people from Florida and at one point one of them brought out porns porns but a bunch of porns <laughs> like a bunch of porn magazines and they all started like looking at him and like check out her and I was just like yeah I'm gonna go like what are we are we gonna start jerking off what is this like do people <laughs> Why are we casually looking at porn? Yeah, I don't like when any dude does anything aggressively dude-like around me. Like, I was watching a football game at Hooters once, and I was wearing an orange Chicago Bears jersey, and they had just, like, there was an interception or something, and this guy from across the fucking room points at me and goes, Orange, let's hear it! And I was like, I'm going to go watch this game somewhere else. I don't fucking need that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's also like, I know we're deviating here. I hate it when anybody tells me to do anything fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. When someone's like, oh, I can't hear you to the audience. And I'm just like, well, I'm going to be even quieter now. Fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. Back when Steve Harvey was. my hands up. No. Yeah. yeah, Back when Steve Harvey was funny, he had, uh, he was the host of a comedy special called The Original Kings of Comedy. Yeah. And he's, oh, he literally made that joke that I just said. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about being at concerts, and they're like, "Throw your hands in the air," and he's like, "I don't want to help." <laughs> yeah, he goes like, "Put," he's like, "Put your," it's like, or it was either that or when he says, "Make some noise," and he goes like, "Motherfucker, for what?" <laughs> like, I paid thirty five dollars to be here. Yeah, it's pretty fucking great. Yeah, uh, I do remember that. But yeah, I liked Lizzie Kaplan. She <laughs> delivered. Uh, she delivered a fun line. When uh, she first showed Kate Hudson her collection of dildos and Kate Hudson's making all these excuses about why she can't go out. And Lizzie Kaplan says, if ifs and buts were cocks and nuts, I'd be getting gang banged. Right yes, now. that I think that might have been the joke that I liked. <laughs> that was a, that was a fantastic line. That was a pretty good line. Um, what else did I like? I like the the callback to the pop that pussy thing when Kate Hudson got in the car. Well, but the- that was the stuff that irritated me because that was the part where I was like, is, is he so shocked that a woman might like this song? Because like, I've met plenty of women who, who will like all sorts of songs and have all sorts of fun and like, like to party. And like, he's so thrown off and baffled by a drunk lady who just wants to fuck him, who thinks he's trash, but is just like, I want to fuck this guy. And like, it's so weird that that's such an alien concept to him, who is, an attr- you know, he's an attractive guy. Like why hasn't yeah. why hasn't he ever encountered a woman who's like I don't give a shit he's obnoxious I just want to get laid tonight Yeah that was weird because it's, he encounters a woman like that almost immediately in the movie Right There's the woman yes. at the that opening bar scene uh where she ends up going home Right with him. and that and that's that's kind of the problem where he's he's like not on the clock at that point per se and right. he's still doing the same toxic <laughs> bullshit Right 
to get a to get, to get a girl to go home with him, and she does. She sure does. Like it's, <laughs> it's man. And then, um, and then he tries to kick her out at five in the morning, and she goes down on him for it. Right. She sure does. <laughs> See, they they again. The movie keeps touching on moments of self reflection when he gets kicked out later. And it was like, oh, okay. So I, I think this is heading in a place where, like, I can, like, if she started just being a dick to him or something, maybe the movie could go somewhere that matters. But it didn't, and none of it did. He just ends up getting together with her at the end after whipping his dick out at her mom. <laughs> yep. Yep. After committing several crimes at a wedding, because because that's a thing they'll her parents will just get over. Yeah. Um. Uh, I was going to say, like, if, if if this movie came out today, like, the way you'd do that, pop that pussy thing at, to make it sure, it's like, just have it, the radio come on and, and be playing, like, Jordan Peterson at full volume. Yeah. Right. That that would be a funny scene if he turns that on and Kate Hudson's like, yeah, fuck these Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kate Hudson. A way different film. That was yeah. shocking. Gets out of the car and runs away. Uh, mm. I love the eyebrow scene. I thought that was really funny when Jason Biggs. Go, you hated that? That was great. Well, no, was... I, I, t- I take it. I take it back. I didn't hate that. I, I, I hate Jason Biggs. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I specifically hate him in this film because I guess it's not entirely his fault because it was a product of the time where like, oh, they were doing the whole, oh, it's the nice guy where it's just like, no, he's just like being a little twerp. He's like a little creep. And like we're supposed to feel like he deserves to to date Kate Hudson just because he's nice to her, right? Um, even though she straight up tells him, "Look, I don't like we really kind of don't have anything in common." Like, right? They do the friend like, zone thing, but yeah, that, that's it, not the ultimate message of the movie. The no, ultimate message no. of the movie is you can be whatever a scumbag you want as long as you are really, really sorry at the end. Yeah, you'll be fine as long as you Correct. say I'm sorry. Yeah. Then it's fine. I did. I did like. I did enjoy watching him get colossally shit on in that scene. Yeah, and I lo- <laughs> I like the part in that scene where Dane Cook convinces him that if he just shaves his other eyebrow, it'll look normal. And the yeah. minute he shaves it, Dane Cook goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, and then the next scene, when he, he shows up for the date with the painted eyebrows. and Oh, I just remembered the joke I really liked. Is this, is it? I'll have what he's having. having. (laughs) That all right? It's not. It's not that 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 line is pretty funny, but it's the fact that everything comes to a screeching halt, and they're like, "What the fuck did you just say? What the (laughs) fuck did this guy just say?" That was. I think that's my the that is the only part of the movie that I sincerely enjoyed. Yeah, Um, and we should clarify. (laughs) Yeah. He, he said that because his date had a baby and she was breastfeeding the baby and she asked, uh, can I get you a drink? And he goes, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> I edited a cracked article once about horrifying parenting techniques. Sure. And there was a video in there about a woman who breastfed her kids until they were the age of 12. And at one point in the video, she's breastfeeding her kids and the husband leans in and goes, can I get some? Oh, it's like, no. oh, you nasty fuck. Yeah. That's horrifying. Wow, that's intensely gross. I'm glad you added that to this show. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good article. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something that I that I noticed that's just I, it's not a, like a comment on the on the quality of the film, but um apparently Dane Cook doesn't smoke. 
Um, so every time he's seen smoking in this film, it's very conspicuous that he's not actually doing it. And they like CGI the cigarette to be lit. Huh. Did you guys notice that? Wow. I did not. They it's sell. Like, if you watch cigarettes. it, it's real conspicuous. Like the cigarette smoking man in the X-Files isn't a smoker either. He just does herbal cigarettes, which if you've ever had an herbal cigarette, it just it's like smoking nothing. Yeah, they're gross. Yeah, 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 they're disgusting. Yeah, I just was pointing that out. That's know. weird. That's real weird. That must have been like, like there's 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 like there's like two different two or three different shots where he lights a cigarette in his mouth and then the scene cuts right before you would see him exhale the smoke. Weird. Um, it's like yeah, it's it's like I said, it has nothing to do with the quality of the film. It's just like something I noticed. Like, is that are they CGIing that cigarette? That was very and weird. who the fuck is Dane Cook to not be smoking? Right, I don't you're, know. You're Dane Cook, smoke. Well, I don't know. He yeah. he you, looks like a guy who actually like takes it. care of his body. Like that's the thing. Oh yeah, that's this is true. The In 2008, I've... he did. You clearly haven't seen him recently. No, I haven't. <laughs> no, like he's puffy. Oh really? That's a shame. Um, I mean, yeah. I... <laughs> I don't think any of us are paragons of fitness. No, no, no. But I think all his is alcohol, probably. That's fine. Yeah, maybe. He looks like Um, he's got, he's carrying booze weight. Speaking of alcohol, uh, Alec Baldwin is in this. I like Alec Baldwin's character because Uh, Alec Baldwin. I wanted to flush him down the toilet. (laughs) Well, no, yeah, of course. And that's the whole thing. I know so many people like Alec Baldwin. That is such a thing now where there are people who, whenever there's a Me Too thing, they're the first ones in that thread making comments. And then eventually you find out they are also the worst fucking person. Oh, yeah. He was so... Oh, for sure. We know at least a couple people like that. Yeah, we do. (laughs) The problem with this version of it, though... Is and that I, it's I again should... a universe in which women are so dumb that they don't pick up on it because he's so obviously a scumbag, like so openly. Right. Like he just sort of half whispers during But he's things. also a women's study. Right. That's what I mean. Is that, like, it, it's like, oh, it's creating a world where the, the women in his women's studies cra- class don't seem to know what's very obvious that he is a scumbag. This whole movie though feels like a um a prequel to the Me Too movement. Like everybody's terrible. Oh yeah. They constantly the one thing that happens in this movie that really disturbed me is whenever they need to talk to a woman, they just go to their house and bang on their door. Like that happens a few times in this where he's just like I need to talk to this this woman and he just barges into her life. But I think that's a that's a more an editing thing. Like, do you want to see him calling and going, hey, can I come over? And she goes, okay, come over and let's talk. Like, I, well, I, he's doing it because if he called, she would hang up on him and say no. Yeah. Oh, well, in that, in that case, what else can you do? You got to go bang on her door. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right to her house and, and, and barge in. But then you also can't be the hero of the movie. Can't you? I don't know if you saw this movie, but he is indeed the hero. <laughs> May I present to you 100 years of cinema that disagree? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, Jesus Crust. I thought that was a fun little uh, gag when he took the super religious girl to a pizza restaurant. Yeah, Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, I, I thought that was I, the, a funny the only bit. thing. Yeah, that, yeah that, that bit was pretty funny. Where, what does he say? For people who eat here religiously? Yeah, he's yeah. got um, the flavor yeah. savior card. For people who eat here religiously. 
the the only thing I I mean not the only thing because those jokes are good. Like the thing I liked best about that sequence was the fact that like she's very upset by the way he's behaving and he actually becomes a human for a second and feels bad about it and talks to her about it. Right. And that's where his uh that's where his redemption arc begins, baby. Right. Again, yeah, his redemption sure. arc of simply not being the worst person. Like b- meeting meeting society halfway. I mean, I if all the bad people could just agree to not be bad people, that would be major progress. Yeah. That's true. I don't true. need a movie be. about it. <laughs> I don't need to watch that. I do it's definitely a, a problematic film, but I, I, I do think it's a funny movie. I think there's a, a lot of I just found a lot of jokes, jokes. Like things like um, they use the term heady, heavy petting zoo, which is a no effects album from like 10 years before this movie came out. Like it's stuff like that where most of the jokes, like like he tells the rabbi and priest story to that. That's a joke I've heard since fucking like elementary school. The part where he's telling the dirty story to the kids, I was like, oh, the camera's going to pan around and there'll be kids. Like, a lot of the jokes, there were some that were really good, like the I'll have what he's having. There were some really good ones, but for the most part, I found most of the jokes to be just kind of, like, either shit I had heard already or shit that I was like, oh, I bet this kind of thing is going to happen. Like, it was a yeah a twist that I just sort of saw coming. Um, another unconventional argument I would make for this movie is that it has a pretty decent soundtrack. You mean the five different times they play My Best Friend's Girl? <laughs> they they don't just play My Best Friend's Girl, but it's a but good song. But they sure song. as fucking shit play it five different times in the film. It's like they're it's in, a good song. we're going to forget what the movie was it, called. It's like they're interrogating us at Guantanamo Bay. Like, they just keep <laughs> moving that song. I didn't know what the movie wanted from me. I like the cars. I don't need to keep hearing that song to remind me that it's also the title of the film. I thought using when the man comes around during that final wedding sequence was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Johnny Cash would have loved it, but hey, don't die before the movie comes out, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, that's honestly, that's on him. That's on Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand that sequence. I guess at the end. Okay, wait. No. Yes, I did. Because it's revealed at the end that he's deliberately being the the worst to finish the job. Because... Because that's where that's where the struggle, between, which is a weird word to use with this movie, but between who people say you are and what people have been telling you are, telling you what you are and what you actually are. That was him. Because right before that scene, his dad goes on this monologue about how he was never good enough for his mom. And then he whispers in Dane Cook's ear and is like, you're the same thing, bitch. And Dane Cook is like, yeah, I guess I'm not good enough for her. And that's when the whole, when that's the genesis of all the, the right. debauchery at the wedding, which a lot of that, like there's. He ruins a wedding and yeah. he permanently scars a lot of people, a lot of children. Like he makes, he makes a, a night, a nightmare for a large group of people. But they and carry he, on partying. He, he, yeah. yeah, and he also he does he does inadvertently end up saving that lady from marrying that piece of shit. Yeah, but at That's the cost kinda... of the wedding guests, like yeah, at the cost sure. of traumatizing children and upsetting. Like that's the thing is like it's, those children it's, weren't traumatized. It's treated like fun, but like that him assaulting the the mother of the bride, like that's that's traumatizing. Like these are things that people like. 
I think of when I was a kid and encountering like someone who's like a lunatic or doing something or screaming like that stays with you. And that's all I thought of was like, these are people who are just having like that, that like they're never going to forget this. And it's always going to be this terrible thing. They sure won't. Um, and this, the reason this will stay with them forever. And the reason that wasn't funny to me was because then after he gets kicked out, the movie wants me to feel bad for him. Like they treat it like the third act, like low point of like, oh, look at this poor guy. And then his friends are like, hey, you you can get him back, get him but, back. And it's like, no, he just did something unforgivable. But, but the why am I still even watching him? I think the reason they portray him as sad after that is because he regrets what he did, and he regrets being that person for such a long time, which is what I would rather have from his character development as opposed to ending the movie and just being like, yep, I'm that dude. Fuck it. Like it- Then I would have appreciated, because they do the like six months later, um, was it that long? It was something like... It was like, three months. Oh, it was, it was three, three months? Oh, so Kate Hudson's a crazy person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, if there's still a way to do that, but they make it seem like he's sad because he's not getting the, the girl. Because his friends, again, his dad and his friend are like, you can you go get her, Tiger, after that. And then that's his, like, motivation. And it's three months later, he's at a restaurant. Like, I wouldn't have mind seeing, like, ten years later... <laughs> And he's just like grown and become a better person. And then she sees him and like, they still don't go back together, but they have like a very respectful, basically we were talking about Kevin Smith and I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not going to vouch for this movie, but the ending of chasing Amy is, I think probably one of the best romantic comedy endings, which is that they don't get together. They just like sort of see each other once again. And right now. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he, he loses his girlfriend and his best friend because right. he was an asshole. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it would go. And like, yeah. and that's sort of what we needed in this one, I thought, which is that like, no, this isn't like a quick fix situation. This is, he needs to fundamentally change his life and the kind of person he is. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think I've ever gone into a Dane Cook movie expecting anything <laughs> like that. That's though. fair. No, no. Like I, I, it, Dane Cook movies are are for I don't know what they're for I don't know who they're for well, uh, yeah, they're for I, me I go into a Dane they're Cook just, movie ex- expecting you. to need to take a shower after it's over mission accomplished yeah hmm. definitely <laughs> yeah I uh, I don't know I I feel like the there is I actually find this movie with the exception of the scene where he drops his pants in front of the mom hmm. I actually for what this movie is supposed to be I find it surprisingly unoffensive for coming out in 2008 and having this premise i think a lot of his behavior is sort of tame like the the calling the the in his defense mm-hmm. he did call the mom a hot slice of fuckberry pie and she was into it so maybe the next logical step is taking your pants down i've never called an old right. woman a slice of hot fuckberry pie i thought they were going to like fuck in the bathroom and Me I would too. have been all for that. Yeah, that probably would have been a better take on that part. I think so, yeah. But then yeah. is, is if there... someone like catches them fucking in the bathroom and then the mom's just as guilty as he is. Because the problem is that he uh, she's the problem is is that again, they meet a woman who's like actually like just looking for sex. They give her like this level of agency where it's like, "Oh yeah, th- why can't this older lady also be like into it?" And then he immediately assaults her. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, thanks, movie. You just made it bad. You made it terrible. Yeah. That that was that was a that that's the only scene that I was truly like, oh, you should have made a different choice there. Everything else there it's obviously there's some there's obviously some misogyny happening, but it's being played up for effect because they're trying to send a message. Whether they successfully sent that message or horribly fumbled it at the end of the movie is uh, open to interpretation. But <laughs> they were going for something by having Dane Cook be this character. It was, I, th- I think, if anything, it was a little heavy-handed. It's like, we get it. He's a bad dude. You can move on with the rest of the film now. But they really kept driving that point home, and it eventually culminates in a sexual assault, and that's very unfortunate. <laughs> I will agree with you that they were going for some something, and that was very unfortunate. <laughs> those, those are the two parts. I'll, 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 I'll absolutely Another, agree. Uh, speaking of sending positive messages, another scene I really loved is when he takes Kate Hudson to a high school prom for one thing and then well that okay that was a cute idea but it also was like i really hope they talk to the other like the adults about this like it was kind of creepy too like yeah. if that was my high school prom i'd be like what the fuck are those people doing yeah are they, sh- are they somebody's parents yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like the scene where he goes and talks to the kid who's sitting all by himself and he's like you know you can have any girl out there you want and out there you want you know and the kid is just like shut up like, yeah, you're kissing yeah. this woman's ass, yeah. and you're telling me to be a... See, I think that's another scene where the movie was trying to tell us, hey, everything Dane Cook's been doing is bad. Right. Because he gives that kid that advice. He's like, you just have to fucking act like you don't care. And the kid's like, you're telling me to be a dick to women? I like, would, I, I, It would have been great to have an actual like turn. Like, the idea of a character in a movie realizing they're the villain of the romantic comedy and not getting the girl, I, I like that. Idea. Like, uh, realizing they're Bradley Cooper and, and Wedding Crashers or something like that. Although they're all kind of the villain in Wedding Crashers, too, I'm sure. Um, I haven't watched that in a while. Wedding they're, ca- all, they're all aggressively terrible. Yeah. Wedding Crashers is a horribly problematic yeah. movie. There's just an era of, like, hey, let's watch these male comedians be terrible people. Yeah, that's kind of... It's, it's a real bummer. And it's, you know, this is, these are the days when you could say the N-word on Twitter and no one would care. Right. Like, 2008 was a completely different time. And it's only like 10 years ago. I it was know. the Wild West, What's wrong man? with our society? <laughs> I know it was only 10 years ago, but it was so different. I know. I agree. It's, it's fucked up. <laughs> and so this movie's going to have some cringeworthy moments, but it's definitely not, like, if I had, if someone had said, "Hey, let's watch this movie," and I had never seen it, I wouldn't be angry that we watched it. it. It's it's not the best movie, but I think it is genuinely entertaining and charming in some parts. <laughs> I, strong, oh. I strongly disagree. Dane Cook is <laughs> charmingest. Oh man, <laughs> does he play a murderer in uh, Mr. Brooks? In- he does. Yeah. I would argue that I bet I like him more in that movie. Than He's pretty Mr. great in Mr. Brooks. Yeah. I haven't, I've only seen Mr. Brooks once, but I bet if I went and watched that again, I'd be like, well, yeah. The idea of calling Dane Cook charming to me right. <laughs> in this film is like putting hair gel on a cigarette butt. Nice. <laughs> that like, could be charming, too. You never yeah. know. It's true. That's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> could really be a dazzling conversationalist. <laughs> but uh, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I like it. I, I watched it again. This is the first time I've watched it in years. Or I think me and Angie watched it at one point. It's a movie mm-hmm. I make people watch. It Just, sure yeah, is. Definitely, yeah. This is absolutely a movie that you, the general you, make people watch. <laughs> um, no one comes to this willingly. No. <laughs> Nobody signs up for this experience. Um, yeah, I, I'm, not as, I'm not coming down quite as hard on it as Dave is, but... Yeah, man, this is a movie that I'm never going to watch again. <laughs> like it's it to me this is one of those movies that's going to be more noteworthy as being an embarrassing artifact of uh, a period of time in that which we have thankfully moved on from. I I do like that it's it's an embarrassing artifact, but I do still give it some credit for at least trying to like it wasn't just it was misogyny with a purpose which I would argue a lot of movies from its era and a lot of movies now are just misogyny because some people are misogynistic and that's what they like. And I feel like this wasn't that. I feel like they were aiming for something a little more than that. And it it didn't necessarily work, but I think on the scale of past movies that have awful transgressions against women, I think this one isn't near the top of the list. Like, I've been binge-watching The Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone. Yeah. There is some horribly misogynistic stuff in The Twilight Zone. But again, it's it's of its era. Granted, that's a long, long time ago. Right. Yeah, that's, that's almost 60 years old. To this movie. But, I mean, I'm not going to cancel The Twilight Zone because there's an episode where a dude punches his wife through a window. <laughs> yes, that and, does happen. And it's <laughs> kind of funny to watch. Does he? Hold on. Oh, I see. Like he punches her and then she goes through the she window. She goes flying I thought at first, through like, a window. She was looking through a window and he punches through the window. That probably happens in an yeah. episode too. That's the camera one, isn't it? No. Um, I I don't remember. I, and I just watched it the other night. Yeah, I don't You're remember good. which episode it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. You know the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Everybody go check out the Twilight Zone. Yeah. You ever heard of it? <laughs> so so yeah, my best friend's girl. I don't know how much more we've made it. Forty-eight minutes, yeah, which is shocking. I think to I've, me. I, I, I have nothing more to add. It's truly like, stunning. I think people know where I stand on this. Yeah, this I don't is, think any minds have been changed. Um, I, think, I do not encourage people to go find out for themselves, but I'm sure you have a different opinion, Adam. No, I'm fine if people don't watch it. Okay, I just yeah, I think this is this is a sort of this falls into the category of like ironic misogyny which is like you know as we've discovered is just as harmful like you know right when 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 movies and 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 tv shows of this time were being like ironically racist or whatever it's like that's definitely caused some problems for us all (laughs) 10 years from now um so i just yeah there's a couple of funny bits in this movie but but as a whole this is yeah this is one of the most toxic films i've ever seen and i think part of it Part of that is because it doesn't think it is. Well, because it wasn't trying to be. It was right. It was trying to portray being like a pickup artist type. Because this is when like the game and all that shit was really big, too. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's trying to tell us that being that guy who negs women at the bar is not the way to be. 
it just unfortunately also ends with him getting the woman. So maybe it is the way to be. Right. But also, if you're taking your life cues from my best friend's girl, you were going to do something horrible at some point in your life. Right. You're yeah, probably already a very disturbed individual. Like making somebody watch my best friend's wedding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, be- my best friend's girl, rather. By the my way, fi- final thought. This is not really about his best friend's girl. Like, no, not at all. Barely they just, they, a part of this movie. They really shoehorned that in yeah. to get that <laughs> to get that song it's, title. It's like maybe twenty minutes of the movie is the oh my, I'm dating my best friend's girl. What do I do about it? And most of the other the rest of the movie is just completely different. It's a very weird choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess they wanted. I don't know. I guess they wanted that like. Uh, that brand was, awareness. I was going to say that's the probably car. the only that's the only <laughs> kernel of relatability that was in the movie that the marketing department or whoever the producers were like, let's settle on that. Is what this movie is about. What are young men in two thousand eight really into? <laughs> They're into the cars. <laughs> yeah, the this big is just, Rick Ocasek fans. Just a big cars comeback vehicle is what this was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't have shit else to say about this movie. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I think it's safe to say uh, our minds weren't changed, but I don't know. If you guys want to watch My Best Friend's Girl, you can buy it on Amazon. Yeah. Or rent it on YouTube for three ninety nine. but if it's only $4 to buy. It's about to, it's about to say it's like a dollar less. <laughs> uh, you're going to want to give that a purchase, I think. That, that it, that's another example of emotional terrorism, I think, is... <laughs> selling renting this movie for 3.99 versus selling it for 4.99 i had to buy apollo 18 for this podcast and i couldn't be happier mm. Mm. can you delete something you've bought on amazon <laughs> you can't Ugh. it's there forever that's a bummer yeah <laughs> oh man i can't wait till both of you get me too 20 years from now for having my best friend's girl on your amazon account <laughs> oh no it's gonna be great uh, no man, I just rented it. That's that'll be my defense. <laughs> That's a crime. It's still a crime. Yeah, it's a, it is absolutely a crime to own my best friend's girl. Yeah. Um, well, Adam, thank you so much for making us watch this goddamn film. Anytime. <laughs> uh, I would ask you what you want to plug, but we're right here in your in your plugging universe. We're we're right Plugverse. right here. Well, medium dot com slash unpops. We started a medium publication, and I've been slowly fleshing out what the voice is going to be i got a bunch of articles up now and we're going to be bringing on people to write stuff that's pretty cool very soon so uh pretty pretty sweet if you miss the days when i was writing all the time go uh check that out click that applause button at the bottom i get money i need it Mm. Mm. money's Mm -mm -mm. great money is great i want to plug money I'd like to, you know, you need it for so much. Yeah. Like, if anyone, money can really solve any problem. If everybody, anyone out there doesn't have money, I would suggest getting some. Yeah, everybody check out right. money. Really yeah. look into getting yourself some money. It will change your life. Absolutely. That's um, all I got to plug. Cool. Uh, what do we got? We got, uh, you know. Patreon. We got we got patreon.com slash gameplayunemployed if you want to kick Dave and I a couple of bucks and check out our other uh, podcasts and exclusive podcasts and etc. Et yeah, um, do that. Yeah, do that thing. All right. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Woo, do I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna, I'm going to go take a shower. All right. <laughs> all right. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.